Welcome to Lead On, the program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, and it's my privilege each week to talk with you about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm talking about the task of leading a church or a ministry organization, uh, being an elder, a deacon, a Sunday school director, a Bible study leader, someone who's responsible for a youth program or maybe in an organization like where I work, a person who directs a department or who leads an area of work. So whether you work in a church or an organization, a nonprofit, a ministry or a ministry setting, this program is for you. Now today I want to talk about a important theme called creating institutional memories. I want to talk about creating communal experiences and commemorating them in such a way that they become a part of your collective memory of what your church or your organization has experienced over the years, particularly as it relates to the positive aspects of your organization or your church's history that you want to memorialize, commemorate, and carry forward with you as a part of your message and as a part of your ministry. Now, This actually gets started, though, in an unusual place. It's Christmas season, which means at our house, one of the things we've done is put up a Christmas tree. And the Christmas tree has some traditions attached to it in our family, and I want to talk about those just for a few minutes to sort of set the stage for drawing some parallels about what I mean by creating institutional or communal memories that really propel your organization forward. A number of years ago, my wife and I started a pattern of cre- of collecting ornaments when we traveled, Christmas ornaments uh, commemorating or reminding us of the places where we've been. Now, sometimes uh, we were able to find a, an ornament that had been created just for that place, but other times we had to buy some kind of a trinket or a, something to remember the location and go home and make our own ornament out of it by fashioning some kind of a hook or connector or holder that would put that uh, item on the Christmas tree. So that's why, for example, on our Christmas tree, there's a small plastic woman riding a jet ski that's been turned into a Christmas ornament because yes, my wife, Ann, always wanted to ride a jet ski and we thought that would be a fun thing. So we rented a jet ski. She jumped on it, got a little bit of instruction, found out two people could go, invited me to tag along. I hopped on the jet ski behind her. And let's just say she took off rather quickly. And while I was able to stay on the jet ski barely, I almost went catapulting off the back in what would have been one of the classic wipeouts of all time. That memory that we've been holding on to now for a couple of decades is a powerful reminder of a fun and exciting time we had together. You know, we also have some things that go on the Christmas tree that commemorate significant events in the history of our family. So, for example, one of the things we have are some very delicate ornaments that were made that commemorated the historic nature of the elementary school that our children attended. The elementary school they attended was actually housed in the very first school building built in that community many years ago. And it had been remodeled and added on to over the years, but it was preserved as a historical uh, monument, really, to the educational com- or the, to the commitment the community had there to education. And so one year they made these commemorative ornaments to celebrate, I think, the 100th anniversary or something of that facility. And we put those up every year and we remember the really good experiences our children had in that school. And then we think about our children's childhood and all that it meant to us and the positive memories that we have of those experiences. 
Well, these are just two examples of dozens of ornaments that go in our tree. And quite frankly, over the years, we've now eliminated all the store-bought ornaments that we started out with many years ago. And all that we have on our tree are these family commemorative type ornaments I've been describing. Now, these family ornaments really are not the point of today's podcast. They're symbolic of something that is very important, and that is building communal memories or building institutional memories, if you want to say it that way, in organizations where we lead. Now, in our family, these communal memories I've been describing are a way for us to memorialize and remember some of the positive experiences in our family's history. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to remember the negative things that have happened in your family and to commemorate those? and to bring those up from time to time. Well, for us, the Christmas tree is a way to commemorate the positive memories of our family and to talk about those kinds of things on an annual basis as we bring them out and think about our history together. Now, we, you can also do this, not with a Christmas tree, but with some other mechanisms to create these kind of corporate or institutional or communal memories. How can you do that? Well, let's shift our focus now for the rest of the show and talk about uh, what it means to create institutional memories. Well, this assumes or presumes that you've got some positive aspects of your church or positive aspects of your organization that you want to commemorate. And certainly, you have those. Now, I realize that you've got some negative experiences in your past, and uh, that may be uh, your memories of your organization may even be colored right now by some of the recent negativity that we've had to live through with the pandemic and some of the resulting conflicts. But if you think back over the 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 year uh, life of your organization, there are significant moments that have happened that have marked who you are and defined the identity you have. They have propelled you forward to new levels of achievement. They have given given you uh, breakthroughs that you needed. They've been uh, in some ways uh, described as spiritual markers, perhaps moments where God in a unique and powerful way stepped into your organization or stepped into your church and did something that was so remarkable that it deserved to be remembered and commemorated and carried forward. Now, why is it so important to identify these and to find ways to make these institutional memories a part of who you are and how you go forward? Well, here's at least five reasons why this is important. First, when you create institutional or create communal memories, you're commemorating positive experiences. Now, as I said earlier, it's so easy, it seems, to go toward the negative. It's so easy to remember the conflicts we've had in our organization, the fights we've had, the negative things that have happened, the difficulties we've endured. But these kind of institutional memories that I'm talking about creating and memorializing really commemorate the positive experiences that you've had and elevate those as examples of God's goodness or God's work or God's uh, enabling in your organization. Uh, as a part of this, you're secondly building memories of what I'll call victorious times. Memories when everything went right, when everything came together, when people rallied and accomplished something that no one could have imagined. Some kind of victorious time that you're commemorating as a result of this process of creating this institutional memory. Now, another reason for doing this is that it creates common culture. In fact, it's a foundation for common culture. Now, I've done other shows on the importance of culture and how culture is vital in creating healthy uh, organizations and healthy churches. Uh, culture is created in a number of different ways, but one of the ways that I'm talking about today is by creating institutional memories and memorializing or commemorating these positive uh, uh, experiences or victorious times. You're creating 
uh, common culture, common touch points, if you will, that give your organization or your church identity, help it to understand who it is, where it's going, what it's supposed to be accomplishing, and it gives a foundation of a common culture that people can remember, buy into, and facilitate. Another reason for creating these kind of organizational memories is they become a motivation for future success. They also become a motivation for future risk-taking. When you're able to look back and say, here's how God worked in this positive experience, this victorious time. Here's how God worked to create the culture of who we are. And now we look back over those experiences and we see this breakthrough and this victory and this positive moment. We see all of this in our past. Therefore, we have a anticipation of future success. We have a motivation to take risks and to expect God to work in positive ways with and through us. We believe that how God has blessed us in the past, he will continue to bless us in the future. And so these institutional memories or these communal memories that we have of how God has worked gives us motivation for future success. And then another one of these is that these commemoratives, these memorializing of these experiences become a visual reminder of the mission of your organization or your church and a visual motivator to stay focused on that mission. So here's at least five reasons why it's important to create institutional memories, uh, to find a way to commemorate or to memorialize experiences that you've had which really do create a sense of momentum, a sense of identity, a sense of mission, and give us the opportunity to commemorate the positive experiences and build on or celebrate the victorious times that have happened in the past in our organization. Now, I've talked about what this looks like personally and illustrated this with this uh, Christmas tree ornament practice in our family. And I've talked about now uh, more broadly the reasons that this has organizational or uh, church or community uh, impact. But now let me see if I can get as specific as I can here on the show today. You know, the lead on show is about practical issues related to ministry leadership. And so rather than just spend all my time talking to you about the theory of why this is important and maybe showing you how it's connected to something that we do in our family, I want to give you some concrete examples now of some ways that I've observed churches or organizations creating institutional memory and the impact and power that's had going forward. The first one I want to tell you about is a a church where I was invited to preach. Uh, It was not a particularly large church, maybe a couple of hundred, maybe 300 at the most that had ever attended there. They had a relatively uh, normal kind of church building, nothing extravagant, certainly adequate. Uh, And when I drove up, I, I knew the church had a strong reputation for missions. That's why they had asked me to come and preach. I knew the church was relatively healthy with a pastor who'd served for a number of years. But what I wasn't prepared for was when I walked into the worship center, hanging in the worship center from the ceiling in a very beautiful uh, display were worship banners that each one commemorated a mission trip the church had experienced over the past several years. And each one of these banners was uh, shaped like a flag. It was made in the colors of the country where the mission trip had taken place. And then on the flag in those colors was the name of the country 
and then something, maybe one or two or three or four things in some cases that had been uh, made, sewn and put on the banner or on the flag that commemorated or memorialized something about the trip. So, for example, perhaps one of the trips featured a lot of Bible distribution, and so there would be a Bible uh, on the banner. Another trip uh, might have featured home building or house building for people in need, and so there were building materials that were portrayed on the flag. But as I started asking different members about the flags, it also became very evident that on several of the flags, they had included something to remind them of something funny or something unusual or something memorable that had happened on the trip that no one ever wanted to forget. Now, this church had been doing these mission trips for a number of years, and so there were a couple of dozen flags hanging in this worship center. And these weren't haphazardly done. Uh, They were not done uh, at great expense, but they were done with high quality. And they were created in such a way that they looked like they were designed to go into the worship space. And they were hung in such a way that they accented and, and were a positive aspect of the worship environment. But when you walked into that room, listen, there is no missing the point. This church prioritizes missions. You see it when you walk in, you hear it in the stories people tell, you have it surrounding you in the context of worship. Missions is at the heartbeat of this church and what they're trying to accomplish. And so this is a really good way, again, of commemorating a positive experience, showing a memory of a victorious time, laying a foundation for a common culture, motivating people for future success, and providing a visible reminder of the priority of missions as part of the mission of that particular church. Let me tell you another one. I'm acquainted with another church that had a remarkable giving campaign a few years ago. Now, again, this was not an overly large church. I think it was around 300 to 325 attendants when the campaign took place. It's not an overly uh, wealthy church at the time the campaign took place. I think their budget was about uh, $400,000. So it really wasn't that large of a church budget at the time. And then they decided to build a building. And God started moving in the congregation, bringing people together, drawing out new motivation, communicating the the need for greater sacrifice. And while I don't have time to tell the whole story on the show today, I can simply summarize by saying momentum built for a significant giving service that the church was hosting to announce the gifts and make more gifts toward the $2 million at the time that was needed for this building. Now, keep in mind, church of just about 300 with a budget of maybe around 400000 was trying to raise $2 million. Well, on that Sunday, They had one of the most remarkable experiences of giving that's really ever been recorded. As people came, testimonies were shared, commitments were made, commitments were, cards were torn up and new commitments were made as children came to give and as others participated. And this entire service, which received more than $2 million in offering, this entire service was captured on video that day by the church. Now, this was a number of years ago. This was not a high quality, uh, you know, professionally produced video. This was more of a home movie style video shot by this church of this service, not knowing what was going to happen, but with some anticipation that they wanted to preserve it for the future. Well, they edited that video into a tool they could use. And from that day forward, for many years, they showed that video as a part of their new member training to help people understand how God had moved in the church in such a profound way and how he had provided the facility that they were worshiping in, which was paid for at that time debt-free, and how God had led the church to go forward and propelled 
be propelled forward as a result of that giving commitment. And so this time it wasn't banners hanging in a sanctuary. No, this time it was a video of a significant strategic moment in the life of a church that was edited into a tool that could be shown to every new member year after year after year as a commemorative, as a memorial, as a reminder of, again, a positive experience, a victorious time, something that became a foundation of a common culture and a motivation for future success and a visible reminder of the mission of the church. All of that was was captured by that video that became an important part of the institutional memory of this church. Here's another one. We did this one here at Gateway Seminary. We were Golden Gate Seminary for many years, and our primary campus was located in the Bay Area. But in 2016, we relocated the campus uh, here to the Southern California region and changed our name to Gateway Seminary. One of the concerns in going through that major relocation and name change was that we would lose our identity. Now, we were remarkably unique in the relocation. We were forced out of the area where we were. We were not moving because we were dying. We were moving because we were thriving. We had to have a different kind of facility, and we had to have a different kind of approach for the future of our ministry. So one thing led to another, and we wound up in this new place. But we wanted to preserve our institutional memory, our sense of communal experience of God over the 75 years prior to our move. And so we brought with us several artifacts that are on display in our new facility to remind us of our history and to preserve some of the institutional memory of what it meant to be Golden Gate Seminary and what it now means to be Gateway Seminary. For example, we have the cornerstone from one of our buildings on display here in our facility, of our former buildings on display here in our facility. We also have photographs of, uh, of our older buildings, and we have commemorative plaques of people who made donations to make various things possible on our former campus. But one of my favorite displays here in uh, new, our new facility is a framed American flag with the field of stars exposed Uh, in the framing. I always stop and ask guests if they recognize anything unusual about the flag, and most of the time they don't. Well, that's because they're not counting. You see, this flag only has 48 stars. And when our previous campus was dedicated and they opened for the first semester was right before Hawaii and Alaska became states. And so we had 48 states when the seminary started. And that flag that flew over our campus on the first day we opened is now on display here in our facility as a reminder, a visible reminder of the progress we've made, the history we've had, and how far we've come from that very first day. So historical photos or historical memorabilia can be a way of preserving uh, institutional memories, uh, of celebrating positive experiences, victorious times, creating common culture, uh, talking about future success, and of course, visible reminders of our mission and its accomplishment. Well, there's another one of these that uh, I've observed as well, and that is commemorative plaques of past mission leaders. You know, there's a church in Virginia, for example, that has a remarkable history. They have produced out of that one church several people who have either been the presidents of mission organizations, the president of major denominations, uh, or significant missionaries who have pioneered or opened brand, uh, new mission fields never before touched by the gospel. This church has been around for a couple of hundred years, and so it has this remarkable remarkable history of sending out people to do these amazing things. Well, the church has created a commemorative wall that has plaques that celebrate the people that they've sent out, what they've accomplished, and the uniqueness of this one church producing uh, these remarkable leaders who've really helped change the world and the shape and scope of modern missions and modern Christianity. Well, when you walk in that building, you don't have any doubt what the church is about. It's at its core about missions and about sending 
and about wanting people to hear about the gospel and to hear about Jesus Christ. And so this kind of memorial plaque kind of display in a church that commemorates the history of what they've done and the significance of the people they've sent out is another way to preserve institutional memory. And then one final one is just having stories of your organization that get told repeatedly. Uh, The previous president of the school where I serve was a master at this. He had a dozen or so stories about the history of our school and about different things that have happened in our past that he would weave into his presentations about our school and not using every story every time, but rotating the stories, but constantly reminding us by his stories of the way God had worked in the past and then using those stories to point us forward and talk about how God would work in the future. So simply telling your story and telling the significant stories of your past can be another good way of create of creating and preserving institutional memories. Well, that's what the show's about today. It's about preserving institutional memories, community our communal memories, if you will. It's about preserving those memories of what we've experienced together. And then from the preservation of those through commemoration and memorializing of them through various ways that I've described here on the show, we have the capacity to use them in a very positive and healthy way to propel our organization forward. When you create institutional memories by commemorating and memorializing what has happened in your organization, you're setting a, you're accentuating the positive experiences, celebrating the victorious times, laying a foundation for a common culture, laying out a motivation for future success, and creating visible reminders of your mission. Don't miss the opportunity to move your organization forward by preserving, commemorating, memorializing institutional memories. Do it as you lead on.